Blog Talk Radio. We need cheese! We need you to Welcome to the Gridiron Blitz Podcast, your weekly source for women's American football, insights, game recaps, and NFL News Weekly. Subscribe on Apple and iHeart. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Welcome, guys, to the Great Honor Blitz 435, last episode of 2022. We're going to be talking to the talented uh, Corelli Lopez of the bronze medal winning Mexican team 2017 champion. And we're going to be diving into Team Mexico's issues, what could have been for Team Mexico at the IFAB World Championships. Get her take on that. We're also going to dive in in about uh, 35 minutes or so. Uh, we got backseat coach, a.k.a. Mark Simone, coming in here, uh, along with uh, Coach Terry Lister, break down day three of the final day of the IFAB World Championships. Uh, that was uh, the impressive win by Team USA, second half, four touchdowns, very impressive. Uh, Great Britain, first half, really, really awesome, similar to what Finland had done in the previous game. Uh, but uh, o- overall, Team USA, obviously, uh, in the second half, uh, got into a groove. I uh, got some connections, D. Scott from the Divas, WFA uh, superstar, plus uh, Lexi Floor as well from the Divas. And then you also had the good contributions of, uh, obviously, Brittany Bushman, and Maria Jackson from the Elite Spartans out of the WNFC. So just too much for GB uh, for the defense in the second half. Uh, the GB offense just not not as good and did not contribute as much as they did in the first half to keep it close. But the overall, you know, shout-out to uh, Mata for having an outstanding match as well. Uh, some of the uh, key pieces there as well. Um, uh, running back Walker as well, number 27. But overall, Team USA does win their fourth IFAB World Championship, uh, that is hashtag the gold standard for Team USA, and they did it again here in Finland. Uh, the other match was uh, Team Finland uh, taking the bronze against Canada. Canada, first time in the IFAB tournament that Team Canada did not medal. Uh, they had medaled silver in the previous tournaments, the last three tournaments, and this time around they did not medal. So that was kind of disappointing on, in Team Canada coming in here looking for an opportunity to go up against Team USA again. Uh, Team Finland really played outstanding defense. Uh, we talked about it on our last podcast, 435. And don't forget, you guys, last podcast of the season here. We'll be back in, uh, I believe, March of 2023. So if you guys want to do us a favor, uh, go ahead and replay as uh, the previous podcast, over 400 podcasts on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. Really encouraged to do that. Um, that way you go back to the season from uh, the beginning of the year up to now. And we also have almost uh, 10 years' worth of content. So check it out. A lot of superstars, a lot of name, big-name players, a lot of coaches that we interview, including talented athletes from all over the globe that we're able to interview. So check it out. Go subscribe on our uh, I, uh, Apple podcast as well as iHeart and Spotify. So really encourage that as well. So um, otherwise, uh, during the season – uh, the offseason, which is the NFL season, we normally would cover it, college football, NFL. Uh, unfortunately, with the circumstances that I have personally going on with my wife's situation with uh, her health concern, we're not going to be able to you know, full, fully commit 
Uh, Holly's doing coaching as well. Uh, can be able to devote the Tuesday nights as well. Mackenzie's fully booked for her uh, day job, not able to come in here as well. So uh, we are recommitting to the season when the WFA WNFC season kicks off once again. That will be our commitment as uh, everybody will be on board. We've got Nate Ward coming in here in about an hour or so. He'll give us the rundown in terms of the X-League matchups uh, for the weekend and then what to expect for the X-League Cup. We'll see if he can uh, make it in as well. So uh, all of us devoted free time here. Nobody's getting paid uh, for anything. So we just love the sport and love to cover all the amazing uh, women that play this sport internationally as well in the United States, which we primarily cover. So uh, interesting take on that. So um, I hope that everybody will go to the hub, continue to go to the hub. We will have our network our network partners also uh, in my absence. They will keep up everything that's happening in the sport at the hub in the offseason in regards to the NFL season. And then we'll also dive in at Twitter. So Twitter will at Gridiron Beauty on Twitter. Get the links right there on our uh, podcast post at the hub at Facebook, Gridiron Beauties. There's also action in Russia that we, uh, if you were at the hub, you were aware of. Russia, I believe it's week four in Russia. Uh, um, two more weeks left in the WLAF season. Uh, I know we got a lot of messages from a lot of folks disappointed because normally we would cover the international scene uh, in different various leagues in the off season. We will be doing that at the hub, but we're not going to be able to do it obviously on the podcast and talk about it and then kind of disclose that. It was really nice uh, to have certain folks message us, and I'll talk to uh, Mark and Terry when they come in here in, in about a half hour, but it was really nice to get a perspective from everybody uh, in terms of messages to our uh, to our page about the reality check, right? Uh, the Olympic Channel, the uh, uh, Rudu, uh, Rodu or Rudu, if you want to mention it, over in Finland, uh, Maxi- Maximo Avance, uh, all the coverage that was basically devoted, Las Pari- uh, Parielas as well, Mexico, um, the male tri- uh, tri- uh, trio, uh, she was doing a great job out there as well. So all the coverage that happened during the IFAB World Championship, and, of course, all of this really was more uh, more to be about the Mexican team and the Federation screwing up the flight and everything that was happening. So that added to some of the excitement of the tournament. Uh, coming in before the tournament started, we were all anticipating Team Mexico to arrive in Finland like normal and really put up a fight against GB in the first game. Uh, they were favorites to win the first matchup against Great Britain. Uh, that opened the door. Uh, once they forfeited, it really opened the door for Great Britain to have the opportunity for a medal matchup because that was the only other option they would have had. They would have, and an impressive win against Canada as well by GB that put them in against Team USA. So really, uh, kind of like I guess if you're Great Britain, uh, you want to thank the Mexican Federation for screwing up the team flights for Mexico and giving you a silver medal at the IFAB World Championships. Uh, anticipation was Mexico USA and how that would play out and it did not happen but you know what we did get a great awesome tournament we got Germany back in the mix Sweden on a uh, Sweden on a rebuild mode as well uh, you know team Australia really did their their best uh, seven to zero with a close game uh, defensive game Sweden had played two defensive back-to-back games in the last two matchups so they were really good really good squad unfortunately offensively they were just not as good as they need to be and so uh, uh, Australia did take advantage of, a, I believe, a 70-yard, 70 70-plus-yard 70 uh, return, and that was the difference, 7-0. Uh, Mexico, no contest there in terms of uh, Germany, 20-0. to 
that was basically the route. They uh, started out really, really impressive. First, first half, second half. Um, uh, German, the German defense credited them for containing them through the last, uh, you know, two quarters of of, of the game. Uh, made it 28 to zero. This could have been worse. Could have been like maybe a 60 to plus, a 60 to zero uh, win, but it didn't happen. So that's what we. That's where we're. You know, uh, unfortunately, that's where we're at. But we're going to talk about the IFAB World Championship here. We're also going to talk about. Uh, the disaster that was Team Mexico's flight issues and everything that's happening. And we're going to be talking to the talented Carelli Lopez of the 2017 Bronze Medal Championship team. So let's go into the uh, Monkey Knife Idol right now, and we're going to talk into the uh, beautiful and talented and all-world athlete, uh, 2017 Bronze Medalist uh, Carelli Lopez in the house here. Is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Knife Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50. Don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Knife Fight, use the code NJF, get started for the 2022 NFL season, NBA playoffs, NHL, MMA, everything there at Monkey Knife Fight. You get a $5 free play. Up to $100 match. If you get the prop right, you basically earn $5 for the prop. So you end up getting a, a matchup up to $100 when you do that. So check it out. NJF is your code. And we also have a check out Amazon Prime free 30-day trial. Watch the NFL this fall and uh, subscribe there. There's the link on our podcast link uh, post. So check it out. Check out our uh, Amazon Prime free 30-day trial uh, working with Amazon Affiliate. So that will get us, obviously, some revenue for the podcast to keep it going also helps us out. So 30-day trial, watch the NFL this fall. So let's go into the huddle uh, with the talented Carelli Lopez. Carelli, how are you doing tonight? Como estas? Hola, bien, gracias. Como andas, bien? Como estaba hoy? Muy bien. Este, estoy aquí entrenando, este, practicando en la práctica. Oh, se estás entrenando. Ok, vamos a hacer la entrevista muy pronto, pues, para la ponerte vas a trabajar otra vez, porque ya necesitamos de trabajar. Gracias. Uh, Carelli, uh, tu, uh, que, tus opiniones de, de, del torneo, uh, se supone que uh, no no fue uh, como se debía de ser con uh, el equipo México, pero co, ¿cómo miraste ese torneo uh, entre you know, Estados Unidos, uh, uh, Britania, Finlandia, Canadá y Canadá tampoco no no agarró medalla porque no salió bien. Pero cómo cómo miraste el torneo? Eh, creo que hubo mucho crecimiento en cuanto a fútbol en todos los países. La verdad, Gran Bretaña me sorprendió mucho desde un inicio y bueno pues nosotros nos quedamos muy tristes porque pudimos haber participado. No sabemos qué pudo haber pasado. Eh, si México hubiera participado en ese primer partido, pero creo que, que, que fue muy sorpresivo el, el segundo lugar de Gran Bretaña y también muy sorpresivo que Canadá haya caído al cuarto lugar, ¿no? Y creo que, que yo veía muy fuerte el equipo de Canadá, pero bueno, sin embargo, este, pues en esta ocasión se quedó sin medalla y bueno, pues Estados Unidos, como siempre, es muy contundente. Y, y bueno, pues en este caso, México nos quedamos con las ganas de que hubiera pasado, ¿no? Entonces, aunque pues los partidos que se ganaron, pues se ganaron bien, 
pues sí, tristemente la situación que pasó en México, pues sí nos, nos entristeció, ¿no? A todos. Carely, uh, tú estabas en el 2017 cuando tuvieron que usted adquirir este fondos para enviar a viajar a Vancouver. Uh, no tenía, supone que todo eso. No sé por qué no hizo lo mismo. ¿Por qué no dijo al, al mismo tiempo uh, para, para hacer esto? Eh, pues esto fue muy diferente. En el 2017 nos avisaron un mes antes que el recurso no estaba completo. Entonces, todas las jugadoras empezamos a ver por otros lados qué se podía hacer. Y al final, uh -huh. la federación, la federación sí, sí pagó todo al final. Yo creo que por la presión mediática y por cómo nos movimos las jugadoras. En este caso, pues les dijeron dos horas antes de despegar, ¿no? Que no tenían boletos. Entonces, esa fue la gran diferencia que que nosotras sí tuvimos bastante tiempo para arreglar la situación y ellas tuvieron dos, tres días, entonces pues sí fue súper diferente y pues el engaño, el engaño de, de esta persona, el presidente de la federación que habló con muchas mentiras, que les prometió algo que no les cumplió, entonces bueno, si él, si él hubiera hablado con la verdad desde hace un mes, pues las chicas hubieran hecho lo mismo que nosotras hicimos hace cinco años. Sí, se supone, pero eso es, es el problema. de No sé por qué no hizo una realidad de que si no tenía los fondos, por cualquier cosa, eh, era mejor avisarles, hacerles saber que tienen que adquirir sus fondos para tener sus boletos, pero... No, y no, César, no sé, no es una persona que yo miro muy muy responsable y al mismo tiempo la organización de él está, ha tenido muchas muchas preguntas. So. Sí, bueno, eh, cuando en 2017 era otro presidente que desafortunadamente falleció hace dos años, entonces César quedó al frente, pero sí, no habló con la verdad desde un principio, no fue responsable de lo que hizo, hasta el momento no ha dado una explicación eh, contundente de por qué pasaron las cosas así, hay muchas preguntas de por medio, y bueno, solo ya estamos esperando a la declaración de, a la rueda de prensa de las jugadoras, que van a proceder legalmente, me parece, eh, porque, bueno, pues lo que hizo es simplemente echar a perder todos los años de crecimiento del fútbol americano femenil en México, que son más de 10 años, y pues yo creo que se debe de hacer justicia. Sí, no, y, y, y lo, el problema, Carely, viene siendo de que es, es, como, un, es como un ojo negro al, al, al deporte femenil, Tenías el suficiente tiempo para hacer todos estos arreglamentos, para hacer algo de cambio, para hacer este adquirir fondos y todo eso. Es, es, se mira mal a, a, la, a, a, la, ¿cómo dice usted? a la presidencia de él eh, porque no hizo lo que debía de hacer. Lo hizo con el flag. Si no, si no tenía el dinero, ¿por qué no hablar antes? no Es lo la realidad. A veces en el, en el, el deporte femenil mundialmente también, aquí en los Estados Unidos también, eso pasa. Tienes que, tienes que adquirir fondos para a caminar a, a otros a, a torneos y todo eso. Todo eso es natural. Pero él no, no no dando la oportunidad antes, no, 30 días antes o 60 días antes, eso es un error. Sí, sí fue un error totalmente de él. Él se quiere escuchar 
que, que fue por una huelga de una aerolínea con el que ya tenía pactados los boletos, que es Lufasa, me parece, la aerolínea, que ya había eh, comprado ahí los boletos, pero pues es mentira porque al final no tenía nada de reservación, se investigó y no había nada de reservación, entonces eso de la huelga que se quiere escudar, sí. que fue eso, es mentira, porque nunca hubo una reservación de boletos. Pero Kareli, eh, tienes que saber que cualquier cosa que haces tú, yo, tú, alguien, persona, ¿verdad? Cuando haces planes para hacer algo, tienes que tener más de un plan. No tienes que tener nomás un plan. Un plan A, un plan B, un plan C. Porque si no se te, no te sale con un plan, tienes que tener uh, algo de alternativas. Y no lo hizo. Y afortunadamente, mira, uh, lo que pasó aquí es, un, es una farsa. Porque todos, toda la, uh, la anticipación era de que México iba a llegar a Finlandia y a ver qué iba a hacer México, ¿verdad? Desde lo que hicieron ustedes inicialmente en, con el equipo 2017 pero querían la, la, el, la comunidad mundial de femenil estaba esperando qué iba a hacer México, iba a enfrentar a, a Estados Unidos, iba a enfrentarse a, iba a ser número dos, número tres, o iba a ser bronce otra vez, ¿verdad? En este caso, y no pasó. Y, la, y los dos juegos que, que jugaron las chicas, uh, gracias a Mel Trio y a, a las parrilleras de México, eh, eh, miramos de que ellas venían todavía, ya venían con cansadas con los viajes y todo, y aparte, aparte de eso, pusieron buenos buenos dos juegos en el campo. Sí, eh, bueno, las chicas, eh, a pesar de, de todo lo sucedido, tuvieron un buen unos, un buen desempeño en los partidos. Y, y bueno, al final, aquí en México, eh, toda la comunidad del fútbol americano está en contra del presidente y solo estamos esperando la um, que lo destituyan y, y bueno pues también la, la el gobierno ya habló de su lado que dio el apoyo en tiempo y forma y todos están echándose la culpa entre ellos pero en realidad el fútbol americano la comunidad no lo quiere eh, ya ya no se de colegial de eh, ligas profesionales, ligas de torche, desaprueban totalmente al presidente y estamos en espera de, de que él dé su renuncia. Carely, ¿qué era, qué era la, el pensamiento tuyo cuando miraste la noticia de todo este desastre? ¿Qué te pasó? ¿Qué, qué estabas pensando tú <ríe> inicialmente cuando estás mirando los reportes de, de todos estos? Nosotros estamos reportando. Uh, 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 tercer cuarto estaba reportando máximo avance estaba reportando todos estaban reportando y de repente ¿qué, qué, qué pensó? porque te miramos allá en la, en la manifestación ¿no? en el evento sí pues, pues mi pensamiento es que eh, pues de, debemos de hacer justicia eh, esto se hizo mundial es, es un tema mundial no nada más de sí. México afectó a todos los países que participaron, afectó, afectó realmente el desempeño, lo que se ha ido trabajando, y también creo que es un tema de discriminación, que eso no le hubiera pasado a los chicos de la senior, no le hubiera pasado a los ganadores actuales del club fútbol, eh, creo que sí fue un tema de 
que no pusieron atención a lo que necesitaban las chicas. Y bueno, él inició el proyecto del de Mundial Mal, o lo que mal haces, mal termina. Entonces, eh, todo lo hizo mal desde un principio. Carelic, ah, ¿en, en, en, ¿en qué vas a ayudar tú ya que regresen las chicas? A, a hacer más atención a este a este a esta situación de que debía, debía sido prevenida, si te habían más planeado. So, ¿qué, ¿Qué cambios van a hacer para you know, para el, el, el 2026 cuando compite otra vez en México? Pues lo principal es que eh, esta persona salga de, de la presidencia. Eh, uh -huh. Yo como jugador actual, yo... Yo lo que he hecho, bueno, pues he apoyado a las chicas moralmente, pero sí estamos, la, la mayoría de las jugadoras estamos de acuerdo en que vamos a hacer un escrito y nos estamos, vamos a apoyar con algún abogado para poder demandar este tipo de situaciones y que no vuelva a pasar, ¿no? Que se planee sí. con tiempo y que el fútbol siga creciendo y llegar a arranquearnos entre los primeros tres lugares mundiales. Kareli, como la, la, la persona inicial del primer campeonato, uh, uh, eh, tienes mucha voz tú también, porque ustedes, lo que pasó con ustedes para llegar a Vancouver, para ganar el bronce y hacer todo eso, este, uh, yo digo que muchos de los fanáticos están, eh, están este, eh, mirando todo tu voz también y agradecidos de que estás soportando a este, a este, a este equipo que afortunadamente probablemente había ganado la, la plata, ¿no? La, la, la plata probablemente, sino oro. Claro, sí, eh, bueno, pues yo yo voy a seguir pues eh, dándole difusión a esto, no me, no me pienso quedar con los brazos cruzados. Eh, yo, bueno, junto con otras compañeras hicimos un plantón afuera de, de una avenida principal en México, eh, llegaron policías nos quitaron se hizo eh, un problema muy grande y fue gracias a eso que también eh, empezaron a volar las chicas y les empezaron a dar los boletos de avión o sea también fue presión de, de la mayoría de la comunidad del fútbol femenil en estar apoyándolas en este sentido y bueno pues yo lo volvería a hacer porque Creo firmemente que el fútbol americano femenil debe de seguir creciendo. Carely, la, la protesta fue un gran un, un gran punto para el cambio, yo digo, porque uh, miramos entrevistas con César. Lo que no me cayó a mí bien es de que nunca admitió él que él probablemente era el error. Porque cuando estás en una situación de manejador, una situación de gobernador, una situación de algo de, de público, pues que tienes buena eres presidente. Uh, si alguien bajo ti este, no hizo su, su parte para hacer los sagramentos o hacer los, todo los, lo que necesitabas hacer, tienes que uh, por lo menos hablar con eso. Pero él nunca habló en la situación de que él es culpable por todo esto que no pasó. Y últimamente eso es malo, porque yo lo miro como uh, corrupción. La gente lo va a mirar como corrupción. Si había salido y decir, ok, hice un error, no fue, no fue como debía de ser, o algo, you know, algo de explicación, pero todo el tiempo este no, no quería responder a las preguntas que la, la gente o la, o la media quería este uh, respuestas. Sí, él, 
él actualmente él no, no acepta la culpa, él eh, no quiere eh, dar su renuncia, pero nosotros no vamos a descansar hasta que hasta que sea justicia y bueno pues esperemos que que esto que sí en realidad es corrupción eh, llegue a, a llegue a cumplirse no porque finalmente lo que nosotros queremos es que el fútbol crezca y con personas como él no se va a poder lograr entonces la mayoría de las asociaciones equipos estamos en contra de él y solo estamos esperando a que las chicas que regresaron den su den su rueda de prensa para denunciarlo y que se tome esto en serio. Ah, uh, Carely, uh, ¿tú piensas que eh, debe de, eh, me dijo alguien por mensaje que tú piensas que debe de ser uh, no nomás el presidente con las femeniles, pero tener una voz como de una una persona uh, femenil que corra los programas femeniles porque muchas sí. de, la, muchas de las, las cosas están hechas con masculino pues viene siendo dominante pero los deportes femeninos mucha mucha gente quiere mirar una uh, you know, este, chicas en posición de eh, dirección para que lo, esos programas se convienen con las con las chicas y, y están más más comunicados en la otra forma, es, no, no todo el tiempo está bien, solamente que sea alguien, como dice usted, que, que tenga buen valor y que está haciendo todo bien. Pero en, en este punto yo digo que el cambio debe de ser en el, en el estilo femenil, es alguien, uh, apuntar a alguien para que tome la, la responsabilidad, para que todo esto todo esto en el futuro no, no causa esta confusión. Sí, claro, definitivamente para entenderlo debería de haber alguien, empezando por por, este, por las asociaciones, tener coaches mujeres, tener, eh, no. porque pues la mayoría son hombres, tener algún representativo mujer para que entienda desde adentro uh -huh. de qué, cómo, cómo es el trabajo que se ha hecho durante tantos años para que esto pueda llegar eh, a, a donde estamos ahora, ¿no? México, pues, eh, se esperaba mucho de él, se esperaba mucho de nuestro país y y finalmente no se logró por terceros, entonces creo que no le dio la atención necesaria que alguien que está desde adentro le pudo haber dado, ¿no? Sí es importante que, que se haga ese tipo de cambios, pero bueno, pues hay que hay que empezar pasito a pasito para que se pueda dar ese cambio y que en un futuro y en el próximo mundial no, no pasen este tipo de cosas. Carly, uh... Tu, el, 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 el quarter, el, tu quarterback Cruz um, you know, eh, eh, se miró en el mundial toda la gente miró que tiene el brazo tiene buena emoción es, 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 es un momento grande cuando la miramos jugar tiene buena buena movimiento, buena, buen brazo y todo y, y, y hicieron lo que debe de ser so, mucha gente se, pensó, se pudo pensar cuando jugaron los dos juegos bien y, y los blanquearon a los, a los otros equipos, ese es el, el donde estuvimos nosotros y diciendo, oh, está, está, estábamos decepcionados porque eh, qué podía hacer, qué podía ¿verdad? El evento o el, o el, el, el juego contra, probablemente los Estados Unidos, contra, contra uh, uh, Bushman y, y a ver qué, qué había pasado, y you no, know, Romero contra, contra D. Scott, 
todavía oportunidad de mirar todo eso en, y, y afortunadamente nosotros como fanáticos no lo miramos por causa de César, supone. Sí, bueno, Angie, Angie Cruz es una jugadora veterana que empezó de, igual igual que yo, creo que desde hace más de 10 años. Eh, uh -huh. Es una coreback muy dedicada, eh, se estuvo preparando mucho para este mundial, todas las jugadoras estuvieron poniendo eh, de su parte extra para que pudieran llegar hasta allí. Ángeles es un ejemplo de, de jugadora, de ser humano. Eh, creo que, que destacó y que sin duda hubiera dado un buen espectáculo contra los otros equipos y bueno pues ni modo no, no, nos perdimos de de, de ese show y, este, y lo malo es que jugadoras como ella, como Andrea Romero eh, ya piensan salir del fútbol ya no, ya no piensan regresar ya era su último sí. mundial y pues eso es lo, lo, lo malo, ¿no? Que, que se va una generación de oro, digamos. Eh, es una generación que dejó mucho para el fútbol americano femenil. Y uh -huh. pues qué triste que haya terminado de esta forma, ¿no? No no se, lo no se los merecían y no nos merecíamos nosotros como comunidad de fútbol americano femenil que esto terminara de esta forma, ¿no? Bueno, uh, Kareli. Uh, gracias por tu tiempo. Uh, yo sabía que te, tenías algo, otras cosas que hacer, pero queremos hablar contigo y por uh, you know, el, el excelente juego que tuviste tú en el 2017 también, ganando el bronce, una voz para el, el equipo femenil de México. Uh, estamos mirando todo uh, y esperando que te miramos en el campo uh, o a, a, a la voz a ayudarle al equipo para que el 2026 no pase esto a México y esperando que probablemente compite México con una plata o un oro contra Estados Unidos también. So, ese es el espero que tenemos para el 2026 para la IFAB. Claro, esperemos que se dé. Y bueno, al contrario, muchas gracias a ti por por invitarme, por darnos este espacio este, para comunicar lo que estaba pasando desde adentro. Yo, en lo personal, bueno... Yo este, no sé si lo sepas, pero el fin de semana voy a ir a, a Los Ángeles a jugar contra los en la X-League. Soy parte del equipo de México. este Y bueno, pues ahí voy a voy a tener mi primer partido como parte de la extensión de del equipo femenil de México en la X-League. Kareli, has jugado, es, es, es similar, ¿no? Es arena. Yo, yo, yo digo que has jugado arena, ¿no? Sí, sí, sí. En, al inicio yo empecé jugando arena, ya después se convirtió en 11 contra 11, pero sí tengo experiencia en eso. ¿Y qué esperas uh, con el encuentro? Uh, ¿Cómo estás entrenando? ¿Están entre, entrenando 7 por 7? Porque hablé con el con el coach Raúl Rivera y él está anticipando una, una victoria para ustedes porque tienen mucho talento, especialmente con la experiencia de que tienen muchas de tus de tus jugadoras con como te digo en la en el estilo arena va, va a estar bien bien para competir contra el equipo de Los Ángeles pues sí nos hemos preparado durante este tiempo ya tenemos meses preparándonos y bueno pues también hay talento mexicano hay muchas jugadoras campeonas aquí y bueno pues esperemos tener un buen resultado contra las Black Storms sí esperando este que que miremos este es más es más este cómo dice uh, más presión 
en el, en el a la cancha de 50 porque tienes este más más este, explosión pues con ofensivas y más para poner más puntos todo eso es eh, normalmente lo que la, la gente le gusta de la X-Link. sí exactamente entonces esperemos dar un buen espectáculo y, y que bueno esa experiencia que tenemos este nos sirva All right, so Kareli, gracias. Esperando, a mirándote en la en el, el fan pass de la X League para ver cómo se compiten ustedes contra el, el, el Blackstone de Los Ángeles. Ah, y esperando que el roster, le, ya le había le mandado un mensaje al, al coach Rivera para que me mandara el roster, pero no me lo ha mandado todavía. Yo digo que está haciendo, uh, uh, you know, está decidiendo quién, quién va a estar en el roster, pero esperando uh, que uh, mirándote en Los Ángeles y uh, tener buen, uh, buen este. Uh, envío allá y a llegar allá con, uh, para competir. Ok, sí, muchísimas gracias y pues por ahí estaremos. Este, nuevamente gracias por la invitación y bueno, pues seguimos en contacto. Gracias, Kareli. Tenga buenas noches y buen, buen entrenamiento y no, ahí nos estamos mensajando en el Twitter o en el Facebook, ¿ok? Ok, perfecto. Gracias. Adiós. Bye. Bye. All right, guys. That was uh, Corelli Lopez. Uh, that was uh, the one of the elite players on the 2017 bronze-winning uh, Mexico national team. Uh, they had their issues too, <laughs> trying to get to Vancouver. Uh, let's bring in uh, the backseat coach Mark Simone into the conversation here. And uh, I think Terry's not going to make it because he's got some some uh, last-minute things that he just messaged me on. So he apologizes for not being on the podcast. So. Uh, Mark, uh, Corelli, you know, she's like, hey, just waiting for all the players to come in to do this huge press conference to kind of denounce uh, Cesar Barrera's uh, presidency. So we'll, look, we'll see what this week uh, brings. Yeah, um, I mean, just to top off the whole, um, you know, tournament, uh, all the struggles that Team Mexico had just to, to reach Finland, um, <clears throat> you know, the further indignity of um, – you know, trying to get back to Mexico after that and, and, you know, having, you know, all that just also be, you know, uh, filled with tribulations is, it's rough. So, I mean, we'll have to see what happens once the whole team gets back. And um, certainly, um, you know, uh, the discussion about what happened is not over. And then, Mark, it, it kind of took away the excitement of the tournament, right? I mean, he literally killed the buzz. That's what I call it. He literally killed the buzz. Because we were all anticipating, you know, Mexico got one bronze. Canada maybe not as good as we thought they would be. Maybe Mexico would leapfrog here. Um, I think Great Britain should send some flowers to Mexico because <laughs> the forfeit literally put them in the final. I mean, they, they did get there, uh, you know, convincingly to get to the final, but overall – they probably would have not maybe made it to a medal round state. I mean, there's just a lot of, a lot of, you know, what if, but you know, they did get to, to get the, win the silver, but overall the anticipation of Mexico arriving there and him screwing it up, uh, that just kind of killed literally. It could have been more exciting in other words. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the chips fell where they fell and, um, um, you know, that, you know, couldn't be changed after it happened, but uh, you know, I thought the tournament was um, was very good considering 
Um, th- considering that setback, I think we saw some good football. Uh, there were unexpected things happen. But to your point, um, the absence of Mexico in the medal round, um, you know, it really it, – it, it, was, it was deflating, absolutely, um, especially, you know, when they did get in, we could see how well they played. Um, you know, as they, you know, the head coach had said months ago, you know, they were going for gold. And, you know, I, I definitely think that they might have been contending in the gold medal match if only they had arrived on time. It's crazy to think that logistics from this guy literally screwed it over, over a four-year span. If you can screw up something in four years, man, are you, like, horrible. <laughs> like, no other explanation word. Just horrible is the word. And I'll be polite. That's a polite word. I mean, how, would you, how do you do that? That's why I was just uh, telling uh, Mark, I was just mentioning to Corelli, uh, you know, what, what actions are they going to take for 2026 so that this that doesn't happen? I mean, you've got to start fundraising now to ensure that the flights and the money is there for 2026. So you don't have this type of disaster in, uh, when the uh, next tournament comes in. Yeah, you, you know, you're absolutely right. And actually, I, I think all the national programs um, need to approach these games um, in a more uh, forward-looking and professional manner. We know mm-hmm. that these games are going to happen now in three years. You know, let's you know, get on top of it now. I mean, I think it would be really good to, um, you know, announce, you know, who who the coaching staff is, or at least, you know, who's going to be the person in charge now, you know, recently after the games have happened. So that person is, you know, it's known that that person is responsible for bringing the program to the next games. Um, you know, we can't just be trying to throw this all together at the last minute, which it kind of feels like it happens, right? Like, you know, in the United States here, you know, you know, the tryouts were in what February and the yep. head coach was announced in, I think maybe December or something. Yeah. And, you know, so that's, that's less than a year to start getting everything together. You know, that's not really the best way to do that, especially when the games happen every three or every four years. You know, you have plenty of time. Use that time. The issue is the the federations are not supportive of the of the women's side. That's literally what it is. They're not focused onto the women's game. And and that's I think that's something that needs to change. You know what I mean? The WNFC, the WFA in the States has to have maybe a seat at USA football. You know I mean? and set up some sort of structure where the athletes are going to come from both, those both leagues, where the training camps, as you mentioned before in, in a previous podcast, where, how the training camp structured. Because I know a lot of players felt like, you know, uh, when you go to the tryouts, some of the coaches are already biased. They're already picking certain players, and that's it. They're not really, they're not really analyzing each player's tryout. And some of those players felt like, okay, they were cheated of money, right? Because at, at the end of the day, you're flying, you're playing tickets and everything else. And if you don't even have a shot, then why go, right? When you get when you get that feeling that you're not going to be able. So every team, I think, has that, cap- you know, in, in terms of the program. So it needs to be more established in a way where it's more. Uh, there's more guidelines, basically, 
and then who's going to make it and who's not, right? Because to your point, the short-term advantage there doesn't allow you to have a real perspective on which are the best players in the country, right? You're picking the last oh. minute, and you're taking, you're taking a scheme, and you're looking, okay, this, this player will be good for this scheme, so we're going to take her instead, even though the more talented player could be more versatile in other schemes, right? It's just it, you don't have the time. And unfortunately, that's where we're at with the women's game. So look at Germany restarted after so many, what, a couple years, right? It's been like five years since it's restarted. And we don't even know mm-hmm. if they're going to still stay committed. Uh, Sweden, a big drop-off, right? Because they didn't have a female program until this tournament came up. Uh, I mean, so there's just, you know, there's a lot of programs that are not committed on, to the women's side in terms of the, uh, and hopefully IFAB can set some guidelines that way where the requirement is to have a full-fledged, like you said, a responsible program that's going to uh, be, you know, no different than the under-17, the under, you know, the under programs for the youth men and boys. And that's, those programs are set pretty much in every federation in terms of, you know, USA football is an example as well. And the Mexican federation with their, with their, you know, it's all basically the mindset is male domination, right? So there's no female aspiration in terms of, in terms of the organizations, right? Cause there's like no voice there. That's why I was telling Corelli here. It's like in, in the Mexican federation, the, female game needs to have a female representative that is a director of the program, right? That, that would make more sense because then they would be able to, you know, relate and how to, uh, how to get coaches to, to really coach female football. Cause it's different than man, than uh, male football, you know, even though we don't think of it that way, but it is in terms of, uh, you know, structure, in terms of a uh, scheme, in terms of, uh, you know, everything that goes into the program, it's going to be different. Uh, football is the same. But the, the way we get there is somewhat different, right? And how to manage it is different. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, as you say, you know, the women's game is definitely overlooked at that level. And, and so there has to be people at the table who can mm-hmm. help, help guide um, people's, you know, vision and so, so that these, the national teams can – get what they need to um, participate in, you know, an international level. Um, I, you know, I, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot missing. And of course, you know, as you mentioned, the different countries are kind of different, but um, you know, they have, they have different issues and, you know, different structures, but I, I do agree that, you know, IFAF maybe has to provide a little bit more guidance to, um, the women's national teams, um, or you know, or to the the governing bodies in each each country, to mm-hmm. uplift the the women's teams. I mean, in these games, okay, we saw Great Britain. You know, their women's team won a silver medal. That's the first medal that any American football team representing Great Britain has ever won at any level, men. Youth, they've never medaled before. Okay, the women's team has medaled. Question, Mark, the question will be: Will they put them at a high, at that high of a pedestal and keep them there? See what I'm saying? That's literally the question. Are they going to be that proud That's, to put them on, you know, on a pedestal where the uh, the program's committed based on the coach and the interview that the coach made in terms of the interview with the tournament? Uh, he said he was on board to plan for I think the Euro Championships coming up here in two years, and he's obviously on board. For the, for the next two years after that, which is the IFAB championship. So it looks like BAFA is committed 
and has put a place, like you said, a coach that's going to be leading this program for the next four years and, and, and really uh, diving into it. So that's a, that's, a, that's a good sign. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think uh, BAFA has definitely shown that they've been very supportive of the women's game and that they can take the success of what just happened in, here in the uh, Women's World Championships to, you know, justify um, whatever next steps that, you know, they would want to do to uplift the women's game. And I, I would hope that one of the things that they do is really work on doing more 11 on 11, because as we know, uh, most of the women's teams in Bafa are nine, nine on nine. So, but I think competing at 11 on 11 definitely uh, is going to help them internationally in these, in these kind of um, world competitions. The impressive thing is the Aussies, Play basically nine on nine or seven on seven. The British play nine on nine, seven on seven, and they they were able to compete, especially Britain, able to compete at that level. As the coach said, it's just a transition that they're doing. But there's a lot of players on their program that are obviously playing overseas, just like Ruth Mata was playing overseas. There's a couple of players that are playing overseas in the elevens format. So that's also leadership there that can transform into uh, you know the uh, when you get to the IFAB level. But it's true. To build up an 11s, it's really hard because if you don't have – it's all regional-based, right? So it's it's basically really hard for some of these international teams, and there's no support from what I hear from a lot of players and directors in terms of funding. So there, there's also these barriers, basically. Uh, yeah, certainly. But, but hopefully the kind of success that Great Britain has had uh, can sort of, like, help change people's minds and a- at least provide – um, some opportunity to do um, 11-on-11 competitions, um, you know, a few times um, in this next period say before the, the next European Championships or the next world, uh, world Championships. All right, Mark, let's talk about the Aussies. Uh, we thought they were not going to get a victory this time around again. And uh, Sweden... Very defensively good game. I mean, the, uh, both games that Sweden played, even against, I believe, Germany, um, you know, Aspenberg, I believe that's her name, uh, almost averaging about six and a half tackles there. Uh, you know, they had Ellen Thimbors, uh, I believe, from the uh, from the uh, Orrible Back Knights, right? Frida Atkinson as well. So there's a couple players from the, from you know, like uh, the Black Knights and the Carlsbad Crusaders and all that that really contributed on defense. Uh, the lack on offense really crushed Sweden in both games, and I really thought it was just the quarterback just not as confident as he should be. Uh, rush is the you know the pass rushes on the opposite side really caused a dis- disturbance. Um, you know, uh, hats off to Anna Hedrum. Uh, I think she had only like 50 yards, but she did have almost 28 yards receiving. So overall, Sweden in terms of evaluation, Mark. Uh, offensively, they got to do a better job of trying to scout a, a couple more players that could be offensively uh, better. Because defensively, I think they're there. If they keep the, the core that they have there, they they played really good game. The two last two games, they played really good. Absolutely, and I'm, I think just taking a top-down view of the entire tournament, I, I think that uh, all the teams uh, showed that they could play defense pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly Sweden's uh, defense uh, was was good, and, and in this game against Australia, it was mostly a you know a defensive battle. Um, uh, but also, you know, I felt like Germany's defense uh, 
you know, played pretty good. Finland, uh, I mean, Sastamoinen was uh, incredible, a lot of tackles. So um, just as far as the growth of the game goes, I feel like the defense definitely um, was looking pretty strong across uh, every team that played. Uh, but, it, yeah, as you mentioned, um, the inability of Sweden to, to generate points um, uh, was definitely her, and they ended up um, winning no games. You know, as you mentioned, um, you know, Australia uh, won, their, uh, won the last game of that competition against Sweden, and, and that's their first uh, international victory. So a uh, word of congratulations to uh, Team Australia on on notching that first win, you know it, it, it's tough to it's it's tough to go through the tournament and you know last time they didn't win a game and it looked like maybe they weren't going to win a game this time. Uh, but in the last game uh, of the series, they they pulled that one out. So so that's awesome for them. Now the exciting game, if you watched it, with nine minutes remaining in the game, Cassie uh, uh, Byrne broke a defender tackle and never looked back. She scored 74 yards for the only score. That put uh, Australia 7-0, and that was it. Uh, Marissa Hayes successfully kicked the extra point, uh, making the score 7-0. And uh, so shout-out to running back Cassie Byrne for doing a great job. Uh, most valuable player, as I mentioned earlier, Frida Atkinson, defensive back for Sweden. Uh, she was a beast all over the field. Really impressive performance by, by those two uh, athletes. And uh, Mark, Offensively, Australia really struggled. It kind of surprised me that they didn't stick with the WA quarterback instead of going with the Groot and company. And, um, you know, they even had uh, Marini, I think it was. So, I mean, they just didn't focus on who was the better quarterback to lead you. Uh, like, Team Mexico didn't really switch off their quarterback. I mean, Cruz really was impressive enough to just keep her in there, right? Uh, Team USA used Bushman, didn't really use anybody else, even in the final game against No Tagaloa. So it, it was really a strategy point where I think uh, the coach from Australia should have really just focused on that one quarterback that obviously was getting it done. Yeah. Um, I, I I kind of feel like their chances of winning would have been better if they did that. Of course, um, we've seen in, in, in the past tournaments that, you know, most of the te- uh, teams will, you know, carry – three quarterbacks and, and give them all time. Right. And, you know, so I, I think that attitude kind of, um, kind of is, is still sort of there to, you know, just give people a chance and see, you know, who's going to excel. But, uh, you know, as, as the games go on, you know, uh, people have to make, you know, coaches have to make decisions on who gives, uh, them a better chance to win and so in as you mentioned team usa you know i feel like bushman was um you know far and above you know the better quarterback than than anybody else on the roster uh in, in fact you know is shante bonds from boston was the only other person to throw a touchdown pass for um for team usa and, and she you know she wasn't even on there as a as a quarterback so um uh but in, in terms of uh, Australia, yeah, I, you know, maybe they maybe they should have you know stuck it out um, uh, with Poholik, but um, mm-hmm. you know, what can you do? Um, for, you know, for what it's worth, um, 
you know, I feel like the rushing game probably for Team Australia, you know, success probably were pinned more on the running game than the passing game. Australia really defensively very impressive as well. Um, they were able to do a lot of things on defense. Um, I think offensively was their weakness, and that's one of the things you can't have at this stage and at this level, given the fact that you got Team USA Canada, you know, you lacrosse, lacrosse, uh, model lacrosse in Canada. You had uh, in Finland as well. You had a bunch of, you know, as you get up to the tier, the one, two, three tier, most of those teams are going to have really legit QBs, right? They're going to have those established QBs. They're able to pass the ball, and they're able to really be mobile. And I think that's where uh, the Aussies really need to look forward to the next tournament is can they find an offensive balance with a, a good leader, and maybe that will be the difference, and if they can maintain the defensive side of the ball that way. For Sweden, I think it's really offensively that that's their issue as well. So these two teams basically were lousy offenses <laughs> decided by – the defense is winning the games, basically. So that was the, pretty much the nutshell for for um, uh, Sweden versus Australia, right? Yeah, I mean, it came down to, you know, which team could come up with a big play, and that happened mm-hmm. to be Australia. And you could see in the post-game interview really how deflated, uh, you know, Team Sweden's coach and MVP were um, because they know that they put forth a good defensive effort and, oh, yeah. you know, but they lost the game and, um, it was disappointing. Yeah, the coach I think for them it was really disappointing. They, they thought they were going to push, like, get it, you know, push that win, right? Get back on the win column on the international stage. Yep. Yep. All right, I Mark, mean, I do have to say, I expected um, better from Sweden. All right. Yeah. Um, let's move on to Mexico and Germany. We know this was going to be a no contest. Uh, it just basically uh, Germany coming off a uh, a matchup against Sweden, and that was a tough matchup as well. Uh, you know, shout out to the German defense once again. They, they, they. This could have been a, a worse outcome, right? Like sixty-three to zero, forty, forty to zero. <laughs> could have been worse, but defensively they kept it somewhat intact. Um, you know, shout out to Romero, Andrew, uh, Andy Romero. We already knew she was going to get over hundred yards. It was just like that was just a no-brainer. And Cruz, uh, slinging it all over the place. Uh, just like I said earlier at the beginning, just sad at the fact that we could not. Uh, see Mexico maybe at a at an elite level where we were going to see that gold medal game where it was an, it was going to be a North American clash. Absolutely, I mean missing that first game. I mean there was a lot of anticipation, um, uh, you know, heaped on the Mexico Green, uh, Great Britain um, matchup in the first round. Um, and you know I know Great Britain is disappointed that Mexico didn't show either because um, they wanted to get revenge for uh, last time those two teams met um but as it is you know um mexico um you know weren't um in the medal round and and you're right you know their their offense was uh very good um and you know andrea romero um is an outstanding running back um in this game against germany though germany's defense um really kept it close in the first half Uh, you know the first half ended it was uh, only eight to zero uh, in favor of of Mexico, and I, I think we saw that a lot in the tournament in other games as well. Um, the first half being played very very close, and the second half uh, sort of like turning the tables on on a team. And um, you know Mexico, um, for their part, pulled away 
in this one with uh, three more touchdowns in the second half. But Germany just couldn't get anything going on offense. And it was an impressive uh, shutout win by them because they kind of showed everything that they're capable of. And we were just, you know, kind of savoring that moment for the higher, for the higher match, right? A gold medal, a medal match at some point, but we didn't. Um, you know, what, uh, Mark, a- Angela Cruz, uh, I mean, she was almost, uh, you know, if you want to compare, I want to, I want to compare to, you know, a big time quarterback, but she is a big time quarterback on, in terms of the IFAS stage and she had mobility. Um, you know, it would have been nice to see Bushman versus Cruz. That would have been nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I mean, if there's any disappointments that I have um, from this tournament is that there are just certain matchups that I would have loved to see that you don't mm-hmm. get to see, you know, because it, it was a, you know, there was no preliminary play. It was, it was rotation from the get go. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe in the next games, there'll be some more preliminary play so we can see some of the matchups um, that we want to see. Well, uh, rumor has it uh, Andy Romero will be for retiring um, and going to her full-fledged uh, medical career. So, um, you know, for everybody that was able to watch her in, in 2017 and now in this environment, uh, what an amazing running back, Mark. Just an outstanding uh, running back. What a, a nice uh, running back that you can just, you know, when you see her, just strides and everything. I mean, she's just awesome. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's, uh, you know, definitely got uh, a talent. Um, and she performed beautifully in this tournament. And it, it's too bad um, they didn't get a chance to, to go for a medal. But um, certainly wish her luck um, doing, uh, you know, following her aspirations uh, in the field of medicine. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, we're going to miss her, but I'm pretty sure there's, uh, you know, there's uh, Escoto probably will take her her spot, right? There's a, a couple players that obviously will ste- have to step up uh, in the next uh, national team. And then, uh, yeah, Carla Granados as well. There's a couple names in there that are probably going to be prominent. Um, and you also had, you know, besides Cruz, you also had, uh, I believe, Paulina Diaz, who might not come back or might come back in terms of the backup quarterbacks. But two solid quarterbacks for Mexico. Uh, they carried on there. And, you know, Coach Giovanni, he's all for, you know, winning championships. So, unfortunately, because of all the mishaps and everything that happened, I'm pretty sure he's very disappointed because I'm pretty sure he, he anticipated he was going to be in that final match in, uh, for the gold. Yes. I mean, luckily, looking forward, I mean, there's no shortage of talent or desire um, on the part of, you know, Mexico. There, there's – there are lots of great players. There's a huge pool to choose from. Uh, we just got to get the process right and, um, you know, make sure that mishaps don't happen. Certainly certainly they have uh, all the things that they need personnel-wise to be competitive going forward. Mark, we move on to the bronze game. Uh, everybody thought Team Canada was a, sh- a shoe-in on the game Finland played against the U.S. Uh, coming into this game, it was going to be somewhat of an intense game on both sides. Both teams uh, looking to, to medal. Uh, Team Canada obviously wasn't going to get that opportunity for a silver medal, but they're looking to obviously get a medal, you know, and not go down to that, down to that situation. Um, you know, the control, uh, Finland took control of the game immediately with an interception, um, and, and then that momentum right there, the next five minutes, and 
you know, it just it just seemed like to me it seemed like Finland came really prepared. Where I think Team uh, Team Canada it took them a little while to get into a groove. Well, yeah, I, I think starting off with uh, an interception in the game, like it was definitely kind of a jolt to Team Canada, um, mm-hmm. and it, it it gave you know it gave a lot of energy to Team Finland for sure, um, but. Um, you know, I think in the end, you know, the Canada got turnovers as well. There was, so again, great defensive efforts by both of, of these teams uh, playing at a very high level defensively. Uh, but to me, when when I look at the stats and numbers, it's um, it's about rushing and, and passing. You know, um, Team Finland. Uh, was able to rush the ball and they, they got over 200 yards of rushing in that game uh, compared to Canada who got something like less than 30 yards rushing in that game. And they had to rely on the arm of Maud Lacasse, who was a great passer, but you know, when you, on the, on the outside, when you, when you look at a football game and one team, um, can can rush the ball and the other team can't. It, you're expecting the team that can rush the ball to win, and uh, that's that's eventually what happened. I I think eventually, I mean, the rushing game, the ability to to move uh, the markers and drive downfield, is what won the game for Finland. Um, in addition to uh, the foot of uh, Laura Polkinen, um, who. I think got MVP for the game as well for kicking two field goals, including the game winner. I think Canada got too offensively air happy to the point where they were detrimental. Uh, the only opportunity they had was the, the blitz connection, right? Uh, Lacoste and Annabelle with uh, on the first, I believe in the first drive. And then it was uh, Virgie Rozel after that. But overall the, their game, I did not see McEwen. I don't know if she was injured or what, but Sarah Wright was the only one that was out there. So, yeah, to your point, Mark, the absence of a running game when you're going up against what? Tootie Kusaman, <laughs> who was literally, that's what they were shoving down your throat. Uh, and so, you know, Canada, the Canada defense, I mean, held up pretty well considering the potential, and uh, you know how explosive Kusaman is. Absolutely. And, you know, she put up 121 yards and, um, uh, Jess Kella also like ran very very well, especially down the stretch uh, in the second half, and she netted you know 84 yards and, and had a touchdown. Um, so I, I believe you're right. You know, I mean Canada came out. Uh, you know they they did have a 10 point lead to to start the game, despite you know, like throwing in an interception. But down down the stretch, you know as you said, you know. Uh, they have to throw the ball all the time um, and can't get yards on the ground. You know, it, it's hard to get first, first downs like that. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the time you, you, you burn out and yeah, yeah, I believe you're right. Um, um, but, you know, it, it was really pretty impressive um, how Finland sort of didn't blink after being down 10, nothing in, I think the first quarter or the early second quarter. And, um, Again, they just they took control of the ball and marched downfield and put a field goal up before halftime, so they have some momentum 
And then they came out after halftime and, and got the kickoff and, you know, scored a touchdown to tie the game. And from there, it was, it was just all the running game. It was about Finland and, um, you know, Canada's passing game just, just couldn't match up. The, the stronger side of it is the, fin, the Finnish team, I think, uh, overall, Mark, they knew they're not going to be able to compete at that air level because uh, Emilia Ratti is not that type of quarterback. Uh, really matter is a short pass quarterback, and, if, and they did that really well for, you know, the 10-yard pass or, you know, under 10-yard pass, which is she's really good at that. But when you're asking her to throw long shots, not happening. I mean, Lacoste obviously can do it. She's got an arm and everything else. And I think they were, uh, yeah. Team Finland was wise to stay on the ground. Uh, I think they had Mari Jeskala and obviously Kusinen as their main pieces. That took up a lot of time, Mark. A lot of those, a lot of those runs were like over four-minute runs. So that can just kill yeah. the time a lot. Oh, yeah, big time. Big time. And, you know, it made a big difference. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the time of possession was in, in Finland's favor. It was like they had the ball for 27 minutes compared to Canada having it for um, less than 20 minutes. So, um, you know, they definitely took advantage of, of the clock and, and, you know, controlled the clock uh, to their favor. Yeah, I mean, uh, Laura P- uh, Pukinen uh, finished team, team Finland's drive with a 26-yard field goal, making the score uh, 19-17. And that only gave Canada, uh, what, a minute, uh, almost over a minute in the game? And that was a uh, little. They bit. were just unable to. Yeah, they weren't able to do it. And so, you know, shout out to uh, it's a close game. Uh, you know, Canada obviously disappointed that they were not able to muster uh, more offense given their talented, you know, quarterback that is Lacoste. But you know, the 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 team Finland really played a good, solid defensive game and also played a, like you said, a a chewing up the clock mentality on, in terms of the run game. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, coaching-wise, you know, they made some very good decisions, um, you know, especially in the face of adversity. You know, they had some turnovers as well. It wasn't a perfect game, but, uh, you know, they stuck to their game plan, I, I, I think, of, of controlling that ball and trying to keep it out of the hands of uh, Lacoste. And, um, it, you know, they got a bronze medal, which is um, a big accomplishment, I think, given – um, the competitiveness of the teams uh, this year. Now, Finland, this is, I think, their third bronze medal uh, in the history of these games. Um, but I, I kind of feel like this one was, like, <laughs> like really well-earned, like, um, you know, having to play Canada and just stepping back and, and just thinking, you know, Team Canada did not medal. Uh, that's so unexpected, right? Um I think we were kind of predicting, you know, North American sweep, right? Like last time, um, but it didn't happen. Um, and that it goes to show that, um, you know, I think Finland certainly, you know, they have a bit more experience playing 11 on 11 in the Maple League. Um, and, you know, the Finnish players will travel to Sweden and the, the U.S. To, uh, to play football as well. So uh, the strength of that program is, has put it on par with Team Canada. So so that's a pretty big deal. We talked to uh, Claire Dorr uh, before this whole tournament happened, and she knew it was going to be a tough battle uh, to get through this, uh, you know, the round and to repeat and get a silver medal. And they really were hopeful that they would get to the, you know, to be the number two uh, once again. But overall, Mark, 
the Euro teams really impressive this time around uh, versus 2017, where they basically just fell flat. Um, but, you know, Finland uh, obviously is, is a standard program in terms of the number three ranked in the world. Uh, I think that's been their ranking for a while in, in, mo- in most of the four tournaments, um, except for, I think, 2017, where I don't think they, they meddled. But overall, I think right. you know, this is going to an impressive program for them to keep up with. Uh, they're, they're just a, there's just a lot of talent in, in that uh, in that realm, right? In Finland, like to your point, a lot of talented teams. Helsinki, we talk about them every every year. Uh, we had messages, Mark. Surprising enough, messages were to, uh, that I got was, you know, they're going to miss us because now, you know, like we we used to talk about these players all the time, you know, week to week, and right. all these fans now finally got to see them live, you know, via the Olympic Channel and and Rodu. Uh, I mean, it's, it's been pretty awesome. Um, you know, I joined, I joined the podcast. Oh, let's see. What was it? Over a little over a year ago, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, and actually it was, it was, it was well over a year ago. And I think the first, uh, I think the, the Maple League was the first thing that, that we started talking about. Um, mm-hmm. cause there was no, there hadn't been, uh, you know, an American season. So, um, yeah, uh, it's been a real pleasure really following that league in particular and, um, getting familiar with those teams and those players. That's been wonderful talking, uh, about that with you. And, um, I'm, I'm really glad that finally, you know, after it's been, it's been a long time. It's been five years since I have, IFAF had, Put on a Wins World Championship, so um, and everybody could watch it around the world, um, and so it's it's great for for people to have the opportunity to see uh, what these overseas programs are doing because they are doing really good things. And Mark, you know, when you talk about it like that, you, you're like uh, these guys on the radio are just talking you know, gibberish, right, about the international scene. It's, you know, they're making right. up all these leagues and the names. And right. No, it's not. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, our links. and our, I mean, the people can think that way, right? Sometimes the people are like, oh, what are this, these guys, it doesn't exist. No, there is, there is, you know, uh, <laughs> women's uh, high-quality football in Finland. And, and it's, a, it's a top. I mean, when you think about Euro, the Euro scene, Mark, it, it is Finland and Sweden. You don't even think about Germany, uh, the U.K., and everybody else. It is basically those two countries it's it's the difference of us talking wfa wnfc in the states right as an example elite league so you got everybody got to see that they got the sweden the sweden team not so much but they did get to see the defense right that was in sweden it was a really good defense uh, offensively probably something to work with but in finland pretty much a complete team on both sides and that, that was nice to see if you're if you follow us all the time and we're talking about it like to mark's point here Eventually, now you got to see it live and, and who we were talking about. Right? You get to see Kusinen now. You get to see Essa Sosmutarian, you know, top defensive player there. You got to see some of the amazing, uh, you know, players on, on the Finland team that you would never, you know, we'd only talk about it on, on the radio or on the podcast. Now you got to see it pretty much front and center and live. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity to um, – just remind people that, you know, women's football is happening around the world, like, well, practically year-round. Like, mm-hmm. there's something for for us to talk about practically year-round. Um, 
So, you know, go out there and, 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 and search stuff, you know, get to the hub yep. up and like follow the articles because it's all out there. And if you want to learn more about it, you know, it's just waiting for you. Hey, you know what? We got to give a shout out, Mark, the, the Finnish, uh, you know, the Finnish or, uh, uh, Federation, if you want to call it that, the Finnish organization that runs the football there, uh, they do a really good job of even doing recaps on the women's games, which I enjoy. You know, week-to-week action, they do the recap. It doesn't happen here in the States because we don't have the coverage. It's probably us are the only ones that are really doing it on the radio. But ultimately, they do a great job of just doing recaps, right, overseas. It's something that we lack here that we should do more of, that somebody should do that. But, you know, we don't have that, we don't have that inclination, you know, but they do it really well overseas. Yeah, I, I mean, there's stuff that we can learn from, from those leagues overseas. Um, whether it's Finland, Sweden, uh, you know, Spain, uh, you know, everybody takes their own approach there. You know, they're all figuring it out on their, you know, um, in their own space. And, you know, we can take the things that they do, examine them and, you know, use those things to help make our game better over here. And the the last medal, the medal game, the gold medal game, uh, that was impressive. First half, we knew that GB had studied the first half when, uh, when USA went against Finland, took pretty much a playbook that was similar to that. They were able to, uh, you know, I think it was 14-14 at the half, and that was an impressive performance by uh, Great Britain. we got to give them at least that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that. Uh... The uh, the first half was a very exciting half of football. Um, Great Britain uh, played very well. Um, and, you know, they were standing toe-to-toe um, with the U.S. And uh, it was a, you know, certainly a great half of football. I mean, we <laughs> I, I don't think that we were sort of expecting it um, to, to have its high game at halftime. Um, but the fact that it was just made the whole thing just more exciting, right? We want to see good competition, um, especially in the gold medal match, and 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 we got that for um, for that first half. The the exciting part, Mark, for me was uh, the fact that you got Walker involved early with Green, and that was because Walker coming up that high from the game before, right? She was like literally the key the MVP from the previous game. We were anticipating how is that going to work out. You got the Walker-Mata connection going in. Uh, very impressive drive to get that first uh, score in. And then that was pretty pretty well. Uh, I was surprised that Maria Jackson had two uh, two drop passes that were probably sure scores. So this, this game would have been different. It would have been like almost, what, 14-7. If she had not, you know, knocked those things down, it didn't happen. So it gave Britain an opportunity to score first. So that was kind of surprising. But then overall, you know, it, it was basically uh, the Mata was their only weapon that they had going in uh, with some sweeps and going to the front. But ultimately, in the second half, uh, Team USA did make adjustments on defense. Totally different ball game. But the first first half, really, you know, shout out to uh, you know the Great Britain team for putting a great performance up up to the half. Yeah, they absolutely did. And, you know, one of the things that um, I was happy uh, to be, to see, to witness is, is Siobhan Walker. She, 
Mm-hmm. So she was really great um, in the game against Canada and in this game as well. And that was a player that you know, I didn't really know anything about uh, before having the opportunity to see these games. She was great. Um, uh, it, you know, people should be excited to to see somebody like that. Um, she put up a good performance, man. Uh, she ran for a 69-yard touchdown um, on like a little um, on a just a kind of a short pass downfield, but it, it was it was really awesome and quite exciting. And as you said, you know, there wasn't much in the second half that Green Bay's uh, Great Britain's offense was able to um, to accomplish. Uh, due to the you know the adjustments of of Team USA on defense, but um, that first half was definitely um, one for the ages. The the impressive thing is we, we we knew if you were watching the game and you watched Finland's game, you knew that um, given the coaching staff that was there, uh, Mark, we knew it was going to be Texas Elite like demolished in the second half because <laughs> I think. I think Coach Brownson and Coach Jenkins were like, whoa, what are we doing here, right? Because this is not where we want to be <laughs> in a tight contest. We've got too many weapons. Uh, and like I said earlier, you know, Jackson dropping two passes, which is un- just not customary for Maria Jackson to drop passes, right? just doesn't happen. And so right. they came out, and uh, it's literally what, what, what usually happens is you get a slap left and right, and that's what uh, Great Britain got. <laughs> it was just like – Four straight touchdowns, Mark. Uh, Jackson, five-yarder from Bushman. Uh, D. Scott, nine yards from Bushman. Jackson, 21 yards from your girl, Shante Bond. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was like weapons. And then, you know, I felt bad for the, the British defense because the offense really wasn't doing much uh, given the fact, you know, you got to give credit to the Team USA defense as well uh, for, you know, keeping it close and all that. But overall, you know, the, the – in the second half, like you said, they, they just owned it. They just started just slinging it, and they started just – it was just like ease, right? And it just it just out of hand, basically, for uh, GB at that point. Yeah, it was a little bit too much to handle, you know. I mean, for what it's worth, you know, I think uh, D. Scott could easily have been the MVP of that game, and Maria Jackson easily could have been the MVP of that game as well. Uh, they both lit up in the second half, and – um, made it very, very tough uh, for on Great Britain's defense, which, you know, definitely uh, performed very well. I mean, Phoebe Schechter, uh, defensive mm-hmm. back, was a tackling machine. Uh, she had a big, big first half, and uh, but she didn't come out for the second half. So, so that made it, you know, that much harder for uh, Great Britain's defense to slow down Team USA. When you have a first half like she did, Mark, do you think you want to come out for another two quarters? Probably not. <laughs> she was all over the field. She was like, uh, I, mean, I mean, she's awesome, but you know, she's not going to be awesome for four quarters. You know what I mean? One, one in defensive player is not going to cut it, right? Especially up against Team USA and, and the, the size and all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know the whole the whole team eventually has to <laughs> you know has to has to pitch in you can't you know on defense you certainly can't rely on one one player for four whole quarters but i mean that said 
you know, Schechter, Schechter's first half was, was, was unbelievable. She was just always seemed to be in on the tackle. Um, it was nuts. Okay, Mark, uh, I'm using the pun here, but I'm going to use the cliche that we have, right? Uh, so Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Schechter's first, first half, what she finished the game with 11 tackles. I would say that's no joke football. What do you think? That <laughs> yeah. would be no joke football right there. Boom. Oh, yeah. Shout out to her yeah, for doing time. that. I mean, she's, she was awesome. And, and, you know, and the leadership she provides to that team, then it was uh, also we got to mention Lucy Petey, I believe, had nine tackles, including one for a loss. Uh, also, uh, Delta, I, I believe it's uh, Napuna, and linebackers uh, Summer Rivers both had quarterback sacks on Bushman, which is very rare. I don't think Bushman was touched the whole tournament except for the those two sacks probably. So uh, yeah, you know, shout out to Rivers right. and Napuna. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that was one thing that we hadn't seen um, for the whole tournament was anybody even getting close to Bushman. She got sacked twice. So, um, mm-hmm. so just again, <laughs> the defense across the board, like all the teams really, really uh, had something for us on defense. So um, it just makes the tournament that much better. The, the firepower in this game, Mark, in the second half, I don't think you were surprised because I wasn't surprised, right? Because second-half adjustments are usually there, and Jenkins knows how to make those adjustments after the first half, and then, you know, obviously Bronson leading the, the, the squad there. But, you know, no, I don't think anybody was surprised that Team USA was not going to win this game. But I think we were really surprised that GB did, you know, did keep it close for the two quarters that they did. Oh, yeah. That, yes. I mean – that basically kind of sums it up. I, you know, I would have been shocked. I would have been shocked if this game came down to the wire, just, you know, given the strength of, of USA's team. But, you know, you know, anything can happen. Um, I, I think we, I think we learned from this tournament that, you know, the, the playing field is leveling out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. you know, team USA is still a notch, uh, you know, above the rest of the teams. But that gap is is getting smaller, you know, compared to yeah. the first two times this tournament, you know, was run. It just wasn't even close, you know. USA had never been in a close game. I don't think they had ever, like, trailed at all, right? Um, so, I mean, this, this tournament was, like, the first time I saw Team USA trail ever. The two games, Finland and this game, really showed uh... – the opportunities that the in, the Euro teams have had in terms of improvement and scouting, the, the the difference here was that I think you you can get complacent by uh, go you know diving into the hype. You know, Team USA were gold champ, we were gold medals. The one thing that I saw one of the players, I can't remember the player, I think it was Sheena Reed, who said, you know, this 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 means nothing, right? The last three tournaments mean nothing because you still have to earn this one. So even though you got a, you know you're a gold medal three time gold medalist that means nothing because you still got to go out there and prove that you are a gold medal winning team, and I think that's what happened in the first two quarters against Finland and, and GB. You know you go to you go into halftime and you're like, hey, we got a reputation to uphold, right? <laughs> it's wake up, right? Because we're playing we're playing down to the other level and we're not supposed to be doing that, right? So I think a lot of the players maybe just that's their feeling right at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, you know, nobody 
nobody's going to want to be on that first American uh, national team, U.S. national team, to lose lose a game or to like mm-hmm. lose the gold medal in this sport. Um, you know, much like you know the sport of basketball. You know, with the dream mm-hmm. team, and you know the expectations are very high, and you know it, it's unfair to you know to a degree to expect that you know, we'll never lose, right? And it's actually, mm-hmm. you know, again, <laughs> it goes against all the odds that, like, we would never lose. It's a lot of pressure, lose. Mark, right? It's it is a lot, is of, a lot pressure, of pressure. If you, if you put yourself in, in, at the next tournament and everybody gets better and better, it starts getting better, and if they start competing at three quarters, because everybody here competed at two quarters, right? Uh, Finland mm-hmm. and Great Britain put, put you up at two quarters. Now that you know, every, if everybody starts competing at three quarters, there's your scenario, like you said. Are, you know, that you go into three quarters and tied, right? That's like 12 minutes. That's a 12 minute quarter, and are you going to be able to muster 12 minutes, right? So, yeah, there was a lot of pressure on that. Um, but you know, they made the adjustments. They know what they had to do. Uh, shout out to Walker and Mata on the other side. Also, Green had a pretty good game, just not as good as obviously Bushman's game and uh, D Scott. And then you, we can't forget Magana. I guess got a couple of rushes. But uh, Adriana Gutierrez, you know, shows up on the stage, hauling in that four-yard touchdown, um, and then, you know, pretty much punches it in. So, great moment for her, too, to score the touchdown. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I everybody, you know, everybody had to contribute mm-hmm. to, to get that win. And, and I thought we saw a lot of very good play, particularly in the second half uh, of that game for uh, for the U.S. team. And it was it was an impressive uh, finish. Um, obviously, Deja Scott got uh, the MVP, I believe, for the uh, RMC game two MVP, uh, nine yard from Bushman, and then uh, Jackson from Bonds, and it was Bushman who got the MVP, I believe, for the game gold medal game, and then you got Mata uh, MVP on the other side. Um, so it was a you know pretty impressive game. Yeah, you had a lot of weapons: Bonds, uh, Pasquale. And you had Jackson, so you know when you have that caliber of uh, offensive threat, um, you're you're expected to win. I mean that sh- that should not be even a question. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, it, but as I said, you know, um, when there's that much pressure and that those high expectations, sometimes the expectation expectation isn't just that they will win and get the gold medal, but they will that they will de- demolish everybody. And that's, that's being written out of the script, you know, with the improvement of, of uh, the other teams, which I personally uh, like a lot, you know. Um, some people might get a little bit salty, you know, and, and nitpicky with, if, you know, Team USA doesn't, you know, somehow crush every opponent 60 nothing. Um but personally, I much prefer to see the competition. Uh, it, it just seems to be worth more when you really have to fight for it. I was really happy that we got to see Baker, Floor. Uh, I love Floor. Floor's got so much, so much talent on space, and she creates so much good space, and she's very elusive. Um, you know, Lexi's just uh, wonderful to watch uh, and, and play on her routes and everything else. Um, so it's just, it, you know, it was nice. And then, you know, Shantae, we already know what Shantae's all about. So it's, you know, and Angela Baker as well from her years in, in Pittsburgh as well. So, you know, just it was just wonderful to see them 
get complimentary passes and, 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 and get themselves in that position. Also, it was nice to see uh, Adriana Gutierrez uh, kind of question mark uh, putting D. Scott between the tackles with their injury and, and all that history. I, I was, uh, you know, I was like cringing to maybe, you know, something worse would happen. Uh, she was, I think she was better suited just to on the passing game type mentality, you know what I mean? And, and that, but she did, she did, uh, she was durable enough, in other words. Yeah, I mean, I, she, her main game, I mean, she's so good uh, turning the corner out on the edge there um, and, you know, collecting, you know, pitch outs and, and just dashing uh, around the edge. Um, she doesn't typically run between the tackles when she played with the Divas. Um, uh, but considering that, she did very well, although I agree with you. I, I was definitely nervous and <laughs> feeling cringy when, you know, watching her, you know, just like plow up the middle, um, given, given her, you know, um, injury history, recent injury um, to her ACL. So, but all's well that ends well. Uh, she finished uh, uh, healthy. And, um, yeah, I, and she's I thought a free she agent had a really, really From uh, Terry Lister's portal. Apparently she's a free agent. So we'll go. We'll see how that works out. Maybe, yeah, she'll, we'll maybe she'll end up in the WNFC. You never know. Yeah, you know, I mean, the prodigy might could use yep. somebody like her, you know? Yep. Yep. If they could, I'm sure not, many right? teams will be interested, right? Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure many teams will be interested. She's very talented. She deserves that. Uh, let's bring it, Mark. Let's bring in uh, Nate. Give, uh, give us his thoughts on that, and then we'll get the lowdown for X League as well. Uh, Nate, I talked to Corelli uh, Lopez. She's excited to take on the Black Storm, and she thinks her team's a kick-ass team, so they, they should get the win. You know, knowing the talent that they've had south of the border, I, I mean, knowing me as you do, I've, I've watched a lot of them. I'm not be too surprised if um, if Mexico has a good game coming out of this. I mean, we talk about an L.A. team that had its, it, it, a close battle. and I mean, the scoreboard didn't show up, but certainly the way that Austin fought them definitely showed that the, the Black Storm definitely – have to keep their eyes and ears open. So I, 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 I don't disagree. I think Mexico has a very good shot of winning this game and playing, uh, playing the ultimate spoil sport for LA. It's going to be tough. But uh, uh, Coach Rivera, uh, I asked him to send me the roster, and he, he still has, he's hesitant to send me the roster. He said he hadn't finalized the roster, so I'm he's keeping it in under <laughs> the bag as to who he's going to have on the roster. <laughs> so I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. He's like teasing enough, me right now. You know, fair enough. Yeah, like, who you have on your roster? Because I wanted to see who's on there, right? Like, who's right. going to be the actual two players and stuff? And he's like, no, I'm sending you – I won't send you that until, like, a week before or whatever. I'm like, okay. Uh, so, Because he knows I'm going to okay. be hyping up. As soon as I see some names, he knows I'm going to be probably hyping up and posting our, – our network guys are going to be posting some of the, the key players on on that roster. So, uh, so we're keeping – I guess he's keeping hush-hush until then. Um, surprise that your Thunder fall to the Blitz? Uh, not, not, I don't necessarily the price, but I, I think the growth of uh, Raymond is uh, is uh, impressive. That's definitely impressive. I, you know, I had a strong feeling going in it was going to be a tough game, just knowing, um, just seeing Chicago in their first game and knowing what they were capable of. I, I, you know, 
I, I can't put too much fault in the officials. You know, they're they're in the situation they're in. We know the league. We know the, the ownership and how things are run. And I especially know that um, because when we were at home, we had a, a – actually, I found out the chain that they used down there was actually the same one from ours. So it traveled with them. So that's great. They have a broken chain set. But um, the play on the field is key. You can't put it all on the officials. You can't put it all on the outside factors. And I knew going in it was going to be um, – it was going to be a tough go. They were going up against a defense that I, I didn't really see many flaws in. And it felt like from the get-go, KK was just a little, I don't want to say out of her element, but it just really felt like she was out of sync in ways I hadn't seen before. And I, I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and it's something I want to keep an eye on, especially as we get into playoff time, because that's, I know it's definitely something that Coach Michelson is going to look at, and he's definitely going to look at how that played into, you know, being a team leader and the dynamic that she has and the control she has over that squad is what what will that do in a bigger game? I mean, regular season mm-hmm. obviously counts, but yep. playoffs are playoffs. It's going to be rough if she can't get it together in the next couple of weeks. And the format, point differential being a huge factor, that's also, you know, something to keep in mind, uh, given the fact yeah. that this is a short season. It's more crucial every game that you've got to have to score a little bit more. You cannot – lack of scoring is going to kill you, right, in terms of positioning. So there's just a lot of things going this intense in this season than they, in any other seasons as well. So uh, Stephanie, I mean, I think she's good. I think, you know, and then you got a complimentary Tamika Robinson. Uh, they got some really good, uh, you know, Emma Vander. Uh, Vander Hizen, and she's awesome, awesome on defense, and she's very talented. So they got they got weapons there, and then, uh, you know, so it's just a matter of like, you know, how they're going to match up now. But you know, two games in, we we thought I thought for sure Chicago was not going to be that, as good as this advertised, and so they've proved me wrong at this point uh, within their within the two games. Oh, have definitely proven me wrong. Um, you know, because. Yeah, we talk about the, the the shoes that had to be filled. I mean, especially after what we saw with the last the last legend season and the first coach away from Keith Hack and mm-hmm. how much of a disaster that was. Not a whole lot of expectancy, but they definitely have have torn it up and lit it up, and they're going to go they're going to go deep. If not just this year, however long you know actually can go, and we we know we want it to go a long way, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see how the playoff format goes in there. We're not going to be here for the fall season. As I mentioned earlier, it's our last episode of 2022. Uh, we will have, obviously, uh, Nate give us insights week to week on our notes, and we'll, we'll update uh, at the Hub and all the action that's happening in X-League and, uh, up to the X-League Cup. Uh, any predictions for the Cup since we're not going to be on the air until March? I'm going to say Chicago is at least one. They surprised me, and they continue to surprise me. So Chicago that at least sense. on one. And it's a toss-up for me between Austin and Seattle. I know Austin has had a couple of bumps, but they they are they're kind of picking up where the the acoustic left off. So it's I I'd have to see what happens in the playoffs and how things play out. But at least I know it definitively. It's Chicago, and then one of those other two. Okay, we can't sleep on the Empire, so we'll see how that uh, factor factors in and stuff That's like that. But they'll figure that out too. Um, so yeah, no, uh, Nate, any any comments on the IFAB Women's World Championship? Did you get to watch any of those games? I did not actually. Um, okay. 
yeah, I was, uh, I don't remember what I was doing busy <laughs> this weekend. It was a long weekend. I'm pretty sure you were busy with X League action. So this is what happened this weekend. So, uh, but no, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big, it was a big uh, tournament for us, uh, Nate. So, you know, big, big tournament. So you guys can recap the tournament, the IFAB World Championship Tournament at the Hub as usual. Mark, uh, we got to give a shout-out to all these uh, uh, talented people that obviously covered it, right? Uh, if you were at the Hub, you got to, you witnessed everybody. Uh, you know, specifically Mel Trio of Las Parrielas, uh, who kept us uh, pretty much up-to-date on everything that was happening with T- Team Mexico disaster. <laughs> uh, shout-out to Mel Trio for doing her laboring there. Yeah, she was a vital resource. Um, you know, she brought a perspective um, – that a lot of others couldn't by, you know, being on the ground in Finland, you know, mm-hmm. with all, you know, all the family members and friends and other people who are in, you know, patiently waiting for, um, you know, their you know, members to, to, to get in. So, um, you know, there's a lot of communication back and forth, of course, between, you know, the players and their families who are waiting for them in Finland. So, um, that definitely brought a, um, uh, a unique perspective. So can't thank her enough for the awesome, uh, the, the journalistic effort that she, she put in, which is, was, you know, above and beyond what, you know, a normal reporter would do. Agreed. We also got, we also got to give a shout out to Ross Crawford, who was, uh, was putting up the uh, American football international articles. So thanks, uh, Russ, for all your awesome work with, uh, covering the weekend. So all those articles were actually part of Russ. And then we got we got to thank obviously Jenkins Fides, right? Uh, the uh, SAJL website for doing a great job in recapping the the games in the tournament in terms of the MVPs, the scoring, and all that. So really good job there, uh, Maximo Avance for uh, doing the live streams and doing the uh, you know the, the games with um, with Rodu combination Rodu. And also football Canada, uh, with the uh, with the uh, uh, you know the broadcasting. So it was really a, a team effort on everybody's part, and uh, it was really really awesome. And Tercer Cuarto, Yo Soy Lenero, um, you also had you know Receptor Mexico doing some of the uh, insights as, as well as Jaslar Sport. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of people we got to thank for uh, making the tournament so exciting and keeping us up to date on everything that was happening there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it really felt like the, an international happening, right? Just so many contributions from um, many different people and organizations from different countries um, really, really gave it, you know, gave it a flavor that, you know, of, of an international cooperation. So it was really great. And we got to see everybody, uh, Mark, front and center, like, WNFC, WFA, all in one. Uh, that's what uh, everybody was excited. Uh, I got a lot of messages saying, "Hey, it was it was it was nice to have." Uh, you know, we expect all stars, right? Like, you know, WNFC has their all pro game, and you got the all American game, but we never get to see those kind of like merge. And we kind of did in terms of the Team USA aspect of it. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, it didn't. It doesn't matter. You know you know, who you're affiliated with in terms of your league or your team. Once you're on the field and you have, you know, you have the colors on your, on your helmet, you know, you're, you're playing for, 
um, you're playing for each other and you're playing for your country. So um, I, I feel like we definitely got to see um, many of the best players from from both leagues um, united underneath that, that flag. Well, guys, uh, I'm excited that we're going to be back in March 2023, uh, new season for X League. We'll see what that looks like in, in the next year. Uh, we're going to be excited to see what the WFC and WFA have to offer in the state. Um, you guys can keep up to date on everything that's happening international. Uh, my guys at the network, my network partners are going to keep that up to date. So the place to be is what Mark always says, get to the hub, bub. That's where you want to be week to week. That's the uh, best resource on the planet. Uh, it's the, probably the best network on the planet, bar none. I say that very proudly. This monster over 12 years. And it, it's, it, it's a best resource that we can, we can supply, including the podcast here when we have our, you know, the co-host and everybody else has contributed to our podcast over the uh, tenure of the podcast, uh, including you know, Nate here coming in uh, even before when we had LFL and, and Legends Football League as well. So it's been a ride. Uh, you know, uh, Mark, it's, it's kind of weird that I've got to take time off. Isn't that weird? I know. You've never taken time off before, but... You know what? Weird. Family first. Yeah, you know you gotta you gotta take care of uh, you gotta take care of your family and um, it, yeah, I suppose it will be a little bit weird to not be doing this every week, but um, you know, I, I guess it'll just be a new experience for you. Yeah, it's it's kind of change. I kind of like was thinking about it. Next week, I I'm not gonna do this. <laughs> so. But you know, I got I got plenty of things that I'm gonna be doing, I guess, in a in a way that's gonna distract me in a lot of ways. Uh, Nate, I mean, uh, I don't know about you, it's, uh, you know, we're you're in and out like you know all the time. It's gonna be weird not to ha- not to be doing a a podcast, you know, for the remainder of the X League. Normally we do it where you're you're chiming in at a certain point, either the playoffs or the or the finals. So, but uh, I guess that that's gonna be weird too, in, in a way. It's gonna be weird, but you know, like like. Mark was saying, you know, and like you know, you haven't really taken time off, but I got to say, you you've earned it. You mentioned ten years. I mean, we we think about that. We think about how much content that's fucked out. You've more than earned it, and it's it's time for you to go focus on your wife and your family for for a little while. So we can't thank you enough for the the strength and the effort you put into this. But I mean, we there's an incredible network around us that'll help with all the coverage and we'll still all be in touch, but uh, you take care of what you have to and the show will take care of itself. Yeah, no, I, I'm surprised uh, that I'm feeling that emotional about it, you know, because I'm not going to have a podcast next week. <laughs> I told my wife, what am I going to do next week? She just, she just looked at me and like, Oh yeah, you, I have to take care of you. So I, I'm good. I'm good. We're going to deal with that. Right. It was kind of like kind of a funny moment when she gave me the look on it, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just been, that kind of it's that kind of year in that sense, right? And uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just that important, right? And not that football is not important, not that covering women's football is not important, um, but you know, reality sinks in, right, Mark? Uh, at some point, you got to step away for a little bit and, and yeah. do what you got to do. Absolutely, and you know, I'm sure, you know, when it's time to come back, uh, you'll be uh, you'll be ready, and um, and we'll be here waiting for you. Back. You think I'll be refreshed? Is that the word? I'll be refreshed. <laughs> yeah, I say that. You'll have new. You'll have a new perspective. There it is. New perspective. That's it. Um, 
we'll keep you up to date on the NFL season at the Hub. No problem there. We'll, we'll give you going there as well. Uh, don't forget, guys, go to Monkey Night Fight, $5 free play for the NFL season. NBA is going to start, NHL. We're still going to keep that rolling. It helps our podcast stay alive for the next March, kind of generate some funds for us as well to do some cool things. Um, you can go to uh, the Apple Podcast and replay every Nate Ward podcast if you want to listen to him for the last, you know, three years or more. Uh, you can replay Mark Simone. Uh, if you feel a little salty, go back and replay Mackenzie <laughs> Mackenzie Brooks. <laughs> if you want some college football insight, go ahead and replay a Holly Custis, right? And if you want some yeah. bull predictions on the Browns, uh, I guess you can listen to Terry Lister, right? So this is a lot of content you can go back and listen to over the, the span. So, uh, Mark, thanks for, again for coming in, doing this awesome thing with me, and uh, bringing attention to, uh, obviously, women's uh, tackle football. Uh, Nate, as always, bro, just keeping it dialed in with the X League. I really appreciate you doing all that labor and hard work, and I know you enjoy it, but still, it's still a little laboring to do. So, my pleasure. Labor of love. Labor of love. Yeah, that's what it boils down to. Um, so, Mark, uh, any plans? Uh, no, no podcast. You know, you're taking the six months. I'm obviously tending to. You know, my other half. Uh, you got any plans going on here, or you just you're laying down low, like uh, the same way? Yeah, I'll I'll be uh, keeping my head down. I definitely have lots of projects on on my plate in my personal mm-hmm. life. Uh, I need to declutter my house. Uh, mm-hmm. Really need to buy some new living room furniture. I've been putting that off for a while, and um, uh, my car died, so I have to get I have to find oh, wow. a new car. So I got a lot to do, at least in the in the next few weeks. <laughs> well, I'll give you some time, right? You just focus on the Tuesdays to do all this uh, chores, as they say. <laughs> you'll, that's you'll right. You have the Tuesday from, off to do it. Right. So from nine from uh, from nine to ten, that I'll be working on that stuff. <laughs> that'll work. I hope you find a car. I mean, I don't know what's going on with this world now. I mean, parts and stuff. Everything's still, you know. Oh, I can't do this. I can't. Everything's so complicated now. I don't know what's going on with all this supply stuff, but. Hopefully you can find something reasonable and or repair the one you have because I've, I've been repairing my truck forever so just to keep it going. Um, Nate, you, I know you got downtime NFL coming up. You're going to be right there with me, probably talking Rams and and Seahawks. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. You know, I've been watching the the, the practices and you know, lot lot of ups. I think a lot more than people really thought. I mean. Then obviously your 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 Rams are set to go to defend their title. So yeah, I'll be doing that. I got a um, group I'm gonna get back in, put to the back burner uh, while I've been doing the show. But uh, uh, not really a whole lot. Just you know, work work and play. General work and play. That's what I got. So that's what we all do. So that's a, kind of a normal uh, grind, as they say. Um, Mark, uh, don't forget to follow Mark at Backseat Coach. For any updates as well, that's what we follow as well, just on any leads. Uh, go to the Hub. Go to Twitter, at Gridiron Beauty. Go to at Backseat Coach on Twitter as well. So keep up to date on anything that would come up between me and him, kind of things spring up. Uh, he's got links and something I miss or something we miss, uh, kind of work in unison there to try to keep up and, and, and you know, entertain our uh, women's tackle football community as well. So, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, working with you guys. Uh, Kind of sad the last episode of 2022, but looking forward to March of 2023. Super excited again. Thank you all.
for everything that you've done uh, for this program, getting it off the ground and it powered. So uh, all all the same to you. Take care, and uh, best wishes to you and your wife. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, I don't think I can say it any better. Uh, yeah, thank you very much, Oscar. I mean, this is uh, podcast is a, is a monolith uh, venture for the sport of women's football, and uh, everything that you've done has um, has just added a lot of value to uh, the game, and um, the exposure that you bring is really, really priceless. And um, we got to take a break now, and and that's okay. Uh, you know, I, I wish you and your wife, you know, obviously good health and lots of luck, and hopefully you'll have uh, some fun times ahead of you. And look forward to seeing you in March. All right, thanks, guys, for your prayers as well. Thanks everybody out there that messaged me as well. Uh, looking forward to obviously a good recovery, a good rehab, uh, everything to be positive. Um, and then going forward that way. So I look forward to, uh, God willing, March 2023 as we kick off WNFC, WFA, and X-League 2023. All right, guys, I think that's it. So I don't have anything else. Uh, just going to be a great uh, IFAB World Championship Tournament. Uh, thanks to Corelli Lopez coming here and giving us the lowdown. Hopefully that situation will be rectified in Mexico for the next tournament, and we won't have this fiasco that we had this time around. And uh, looking forward mm-hmm. to the X-Cup final. So looking forward to see who it's going to be, whether it be Austin versus Chicago, or is it going to be Austin versus what? Uh, uh, Austin versus the uh, uh, the Empire, right? Or, or it's going to be Seattle against the surprises. So looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to all the matches and obviously the NFL season. So don't forget, guys, subscribe on Apple, iHeart, and Spotify. All right, Mark and Nate, thank you very much. We'll look forward to our regathering in March 2023. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care, everybody. There we go. Out. is the fastest growing daily fantasy sports site in America. You get fun, easy to play contests with cash prizes featuring your favorite players. Monkey Night Fight, daily fantasy sports for the rest of us. Sign up now and get an instant match on your first deposit up to $50.